A co-committed relationship may look like magic, but it really is composed of tiny little moments of choice. Hey guys, welcome to the Feelings Meeting Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Ozzy, and this is Conversations for Relationships in the Modern World. And we are getting comfortable with the uncomfortable to help you navigate the ups and downs of your relationship. Welcome to episode one. Hey guys, what's up? Okay, I'm going to start by introducing you. Uh, my beautiful partner, Austin, is sat opposite me. I am very excited to be sharing this space with him and for you guys to get to know us and him on a deeper level. Brilliant. Thanks, Bobs. Bobby, if you haven't met her, is uh, an extremely authentic lass. She's taught me a shitload about myself and a shitload about relationships. So I'm excited to share the inner workings of her brain and um, you know how she does things and really excited for this podcast. Okay, so let's just let you guys know quickly what we're going to be discussing today. We actually chose the first topic of why relationships are hard. Yeah, why are people unhappy in their relationships sometimes? I mean, that's a pretty hard question to answer, but we have hopefully gone into some details about why we find relationships hard and what we've noticed going on with our friends and our peer groups. Definitely. And it's coming from the angle of we have definitely been through our own trials, our own ups and downs. Um, So these are the lessons that we're kind of picking up along the way and hope you guys can take something from it. So, Bobs, do you want to start and, you know, describe what the feelings meeting is and where the feelings meeting came from? Yeah. So feelings meeting came from something that we do. We have been implementing a feelings meeting once a week and it's just a block of time 15 minutes to 20 minutes that we set aside as a priority and we talk about feelings (laughs) and us and And annoyances and grievances and things that might build up as little resentments um, that don't quite get to get aired throughout the week so for us it was a way to relieve the pressure and if resentments are a balloon under the water that you're trying to hold and it's getting bigger and bigger, this was a way for us to just let a little bit of that air out of the balloon mm. so it didn't come to a big explosion one day. Yeah, and I think just really important is to know it's a safe space. So those conversation topics which might be uncomfortable, sex, finances, emotional emotions being vulnerable, the stuff that we tend to shy away from, well, that's that was the time and we knew that the other person might be finding this difficult or if we had something that we wanted to bring up, this was a safe space to do it where you knew you could be heard and supported. Yeah, and the key for me was the non-judgmental space. So being able to say anything and know it was going to be received in an open mindset. Mm. Um, I I knew it was a vault. Mm -hmm. So I knew whatever we discussed was in private and also it was with my best friend. Um, Mm. And the accountability of what we could discuss there leads into one of the topics that I wanted to talk about today, which is this whole idea of being a co-committed relationship Mm. as opposed to a codependent relationship. Yeah. Well, should we just jump right in with, I guess, why, why we've seen relationships are so unhappy, why there are so many unhappy relationships? It's a big question. I I honestly don't know. I I do know that the divorce rates are pushing upwards towards 50% now, which is scary and alarming. But yeah, I think in today's world, I hate that term, but in the modern world, you do need 
tools and you do need knowledge and generally things that you have not been equipped with at school. In fact, your childhood has probably equipped you with the wrong stuff for it. And there's so many distractions. There's so many uh, pitfalls and things you have to look out for. So I think it's just a harder world to have a successful relationship in. Yeah, I think the one thing that always comes to my mind is just prioritizing the relationship. And if you don't prioritize your relationship, well, it's not you're not going to be working on it, right? It's just like everything else in life. You can only really, what do we say, work on three things at one time. And the reality is you've got a job, so that's definitely taken a priority. And then... For us, it's our health, definitely. We're really into health and wellness, and I know a lot of people spend a lot of time at the gym and trying to move, and then, well, you've got family and finances. Well, where's the relationship going to fit into this? So for us, making sure that the relationship is a priority has been key for us, and I just don't think that couples are making the relationship the priority. Yeah, so if we dig a little bit deeper into that, when you talk about priorities and the relationship being a high priority, what does that look like practically? Yeah, that's that's yeah, really valuable question. I think for us it means setting aside time. So what we do really well is on a Sunday we align our schedules. We sit down and we set in, okay, well, first of all, we know when we're working, when we're not working. We set in our feelings meeting, which is that time slot. Mm. And then we set in time to be intimate. We set away time to have no phones. We set in dinner dates. We set in romance us time. Night. Romance time. Yeah, we've, that's what we started doing. We've been <laughs> scheduling romance time. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> doing a schedule together is a huge takeaway for, for us. Because life gets busy when Monday starts, work mm. starts, people are pulling you this way and that way. And when we talk about priorities, when we're in a really open mindset, it's quite easy to put down what is most important to you in order of priority. So number one, we want to prioritize our relationship and mm. our connection um, and intimacy and everything that comes with that. Two, health is really important for us. Three, we've got work and our career and so on. And then, um, according to how high these priorities are on the list, we're going through our calendar and scheduling in that order of importance. And so generally, the top five priorities are not gonna, are going to be set by Sunday, including all your gym sessions, all your uh, you know, relationship mm. commitments, and these don't move. Um, and so that and sticking to your, to your calendar has been you know, a huge yeah. takeaway for us. Yeah, I think a lot of people say, well, scheduling in time is, you know, bad or makes it become quite monotonous. But the yeah. reality is that's just 2019. Like, look at our schedule. It's like back to back. And you know what? It takes the pressure off. Like, yeah. I know that on a Wednesday night, it's romance night. <laughs> so I don't have to stress about being romantic. I can walk around in my baggy T-shirt without having showered for three days on a Thursday because it's not romance night. <laughs> yeah. And... Like, just like you say, there are spontaneous things that pop up too. I loved nothing more last week than when I saw, got a notification saying massage time for Oz. <laughs> and that popped up in my calendar. Love it. And this is obviously a time where you're, you know, looking back at your priorities and then having a look at your calendar and scheduling in what's important to us. Because in reality, in a co-committed relationship, you need to be um, putting a lot of time and a lot of effort into a relationship because they just take work you can't just coast mm. in a relationship and expect it to be you know successful yeah relationships are bloody hard like they, they don't tell you that you just 
oh, we're going to get together because I love you and you love me. And then, boom, we'll live happily ever after. And no way. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, you know, when you talk about like marriage and like death till us part, like, fuck, no wonder you actually have to get married because otherwise you'd get divorced straight away. Like, it's hard. I want to kill you sometimes. And it takes <laughs> a lot of work. And it really does take us like we have to take time to prioritize us and the relationships and yeah and, and yeah yeah it's definitely changed i think when we talk about that nuclear family and the family structure that was set up for a previous age yeah was one of safety it was a it was you know the the man was the dominant um mm. the the female was you know the housewife and and these ideas are long gone of course but it was a system that provided safety in a time of need. Mm. And now we're living in a time of abundance, to be mm. honest, you know. Um, and I think the structure is changing, you know. We're looking at this co-committed type of relationship where both people, are, you know, sometimes there's a power struggle. But really, we want both people to be running at 60% of the relationship. Instead of the whole 40, 60% or yeah, 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 yeah. I think, should we kind of explain to the guys listening what co-committed vs co-dependent is because that's something that we have kind of implemented in our relationship and it's made a huge impact in terms of yeah. us being able to navigate some difficult uh, situations and conversations really well. Do you want... Yeah, I think the guy who introduced us to co-committed style relationships was a guy called Gay Hendricks mm -hmm, and yeah. Conscious, Conscious Loving. Loving. That was a game changer, that book for us. So we'd highly recommend uh, Conscious Loving for anyone else that wants to kind of delve in a little bit deeper. But long story short, a co-committed relationship is one where you hold each other accountable to being the best versions of yourself. So you're making commitments with each other and holding them accountable. Mm. You are all in it for growth. Um, and I just wanted to read a little quote from yeah. Gay, um, which kind of describes it really well. And he says, A co-committed relationship may look like magic, but it really is composed of tiny little moments of choice. Choosing to tell the truth, noticing that you are projecting and finding the courage to take responsibility, choosing... Mm. Choosing to feel rather than numbing. Choosing to communicate about a broken agreement. Choosing to support your partner as he or she goes through deep feeling. Ultimately, once these skills are practiced and internalized, the relationship flows effortlessly. Yeah. So that kind of describes it, right? Yeah, I think there's that idea that when you two become one, you know, like <laughs> nice. you meet you meet someone, and then the two of you become one. Like that's fucked because yeah, agreed. half plus half equals one. Whereas what we're saying is, you not just encourage, you support your partner to truly be the best version of themselves, and yeah. you know that when you are truly the best version of yourself, then the relationship can flourish because. If you're dimming your switch or dimming your flame as they in the candle and then I'm dimming my flame, well, we're going to make a fucking shit flame at the end of that. Sorry. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I do. I Maybe we should um, just go back a little bit and just describe the flame thing because um, that was an eye-opener for us. And I know I had an aha moment mm. when it was described in this analogy. But the opposite of a co-committed relationship is a co-dependent relationship. And, a, and an example is in some ceremonies of marriage around the world, um, you know, 
they the both um both people bring the the candles up yeah. to the altar and when they are married they they blow out the candles and light a new one and so ah. what we're saying is they extinguish their own flames and then create a new one for the relationship so what they're saying is basically cut yourself in half and cut the other person in half, come together and become yeah, 100% it's again. it's like, you've been awesome, but peace out, son. Now you're going to get rid of half of you and you're going to make this shitty-ass version where both of you are not quite reaching your full potential. Yeah. That is... I mean, I, I definitely think that is more of an old-school way of thinking, so like that traditional marriage style, 100%. but it's happening. It's happening in relationships, and I think what's a really modern way or easy way for us to describe it is... Uh, so a codependent partner is one that will plan their entire life around pleasing the other person yeah because you because then because then that person becomes kind of dependent on them you know so you go out of your way to kind of like how do you explain it like you go out of your way to do nice things to that person so that they need you more yeah so uh, for example i might decide i really like to go out too much and start taking drugs and alcohol and because the partner doesn't want to create too much discord in the relationship she will enable that person. Mm. And so you're now enabling me to go out and do these things which I have committed myself not to. I've committed to, you know, growth and self-improvement and discipline. Yeah. And, yeah. But then, okay, so then on the other end of that, just playing devil's advocate, if you truly want your partner to, okay, maybe not that drugs and alcohol part, but, you know, allowing your partner to truly be who they want to be. So, you know... If you say, hey, babe, I want to go out with my guys. I'm going to go away for the weekend. I'm going to go drink a lot of steam, whatever, whatever. I don't know what guys do, fart and go surfing and shit. But <laughs> you, want to, you want to go and do that. And then, you know, maybe some females have insecurities or they have trust issues. So they're like, well, no, you have a curfew. Or, mm. no, you can't do that, right? Because because when you do that, I don't feel as good about myself. So I'm going to stop you doing it. Well, that's, that's codependent, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the reality is... I want you to truly be you and have fun and like party, like do what you enjoy because that's you as a whole. And I'm going to make sure I work on myself. So my insecurities that I have there or my lack of trust is my issue. Like I'm going to go and work on it. And then when we come together, we're better as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I like to use the analogy of our relationship. I know people have approached me and said, you know, like, look out Bobby is wild <laughs> and you know I there's one two ways of going about it right like you are wild and um, one way is to kind of try and leash leash you and we use the term uh, pony right yeah, yeah so do I really want a pony that when I click my fingers the pony comes and heals or do I want a wild stallion that's wild and free and I'm not trying to control that person but I'm just loving and I'm admiring and mm. I think I'm you know every step of the way I'm going to choose a wild stallion over yeah. over something that I have control over and that codependent relationship with yeah I think an example that we can share is the Siget example oh uh, when you got when you got your tits out <laughs> well I didn't really <laughs> well or did I but do you Bobby, want to describe it <laughs> yeah right. so we're at a, a, a festival um in Budapest called Siget as a maybe the fourth day in um so we're not feeling 100 percent, and you know bobby kind of knows my feelings on these things um and it was about midday we we're all ready to go waiting for the girls to come out of their tent and the girls come out and bobby's basically got her titties out and she's wearing like little nipple you know like the nipple crosses so nipple crosses 
And I'm in a bit of shock, to be honest, because it's daylight, <laughs> there's bloody families around. I have so many things going through my head, namely, you know, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Two guys are looking at a tits. Three, there's families walking around and this is an invasion of their privacy. And so this was a real trial for us and a real yeah. trial of either was I going to choose the co-committed, um, you know, pathway or was I going to choose a codependent pathway, which would have been, you know, not good. It would have been controlling yeah. and said, yeah. look, I'm feeling insecure, change. Yeah, you'd have needed me to dim my flame in order for you to keep your flame lit. Yeah. So, so how, do we, how do we get through it? It might be helpful for people to hear because this is a pretty big, you know, situation and uh, I'm pretty glad to say that we kind of let it draw us closer. Yeah, we used the mirror, empathize, validate. Val- validate, that's it. Mirror, yeah. empathize, validate. Yeah, which takes practice, but um, essentially you... Do you want to run through that? So yeah, let's run through it. it. Let's run through it. Okay, so um, when emotions are hot and when you know, someone's annoyed, often we find scripts helpful. And so one of the things we wanted to share in this podcast is scripts that are helpful. And in this situation, I'm the one that's kind of running hot under the collar and I first needed to get some space. So we got some space and I said, look, can I have a few words with you? Bobby knew it was coming. <laughs> we ran, went around the corner um, and it kind of goes like this. So first I describe that I'm the sender. So I'm the sender and then there's a receiver and Bobby's the receiver. So there's always a sender and there's always a receiver. I send the issue. And then I validate it. Yeah. Bo- and I mirror it. So no, so sorry. So I mirror it. So yeah. you send me the issue. And because I recognize that the person sending the issue is a person who is not quite emotionally in a sober place. Emotional sobriety, not alcohol sobriety, although we were at a music festival, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And you basically mirror what they're saying, which lets the other person know that you hear them and you understand what they're saying. And you don't add anything of your opinion onto it. You literally just mirror what they're saying. Yeah. And and something you do helpful, even after you finish mirroring what I've said, um, you say, "Is, is is that it or is there anything else? And I'd probably be like, yeah, there's more. And then you just keep doing that until I'm yeah. kind of out of gas. Should we give an example? Should we just try this Let's as an example? Okay. Bobby, I am super uncomfortable that your nipples are showing to the world. So thanks for sharing that with me, Bubs. I'm hearing that you're really uncomfortable because my nipples are showing to the world. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Yes. I think it's an invasion of privacy for that four-year-old kid over there. Okay. And just to be clear, you think it's an invasion of privacy for the four-year-old kid over there? Yes. Okay, and then to validate it, I would respond with, okay, babe, I hear that you're feeling uncomfortable because my nipples are out there and that it's making the other kid feel uncomfortable and I can totally understand why that's making you feel that way. I can resonate with it and I understand that if I was in your position too, it would make me feel uncomfortable. It's a very reasonable feeling to be, emotion to be feeling. Yeah, boom. And all met, like even though this is fake, I can already, you're kind of drawing me in and I'm already softening to you and at this stage generally you say your side of it and we kind of continue like this until we reach a point where we find an equilibrium and obviously if we're not going to agree we need to make a compromise and that is how one of the ways we kind of get through you know bigger conflicts right yeah and to to do it we kind of have to um, set some boundaries and some rules before (laughs) the situation happens yes yeah, so the whole, like, one person can only talk at one time. Yeah, um, and one of the things that is helpful for me, if we get a point, we get to a point where we agree... 
to disagree. To disagree. <laughs> we say, okay, are we agreeing to disagreeing? And once we hit that cue and we both agree and kind of shake hands, that's the point where we just stop the fight or stop the argument and we find a compromise that works. Mm, yeah. Um, and this could take a while, guys. Yeah, just wait. yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's really hard. But I think that's a good takeaway yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. So anyway, um, getting back on track, I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot of tools that we can be sharing. But today, we kind of wanted to keep it within 20 to 30 minutes, these, these podcasts. So perhaps we want them to move on to like knowing yourself and knowing each other as, a, mm. as an important milestone. Yeah, third and kind of final one we'll touch on today is just what makes relationships so hard? Not knowing yourself, not having an aligned goal, not having a vision for your relationship. Like yeah. I, I touched at the beginning about how we want this podcast to be for couples regardless of your commitment level. And the reason being we're now in a world where, you know, People are living together for a month and then getting married. Or people are just having kids and then never getting married. And even with three kids deep, they're like, nah, just kind of into each other. Not really sure. Like, we just don't know nowadays. It's because there's so many options out there and everyone's ready to be moving on to the next better and bigger, yeah, better thing. So a really important part of our relationship was quite early on was establishing, hey, we, we don't have to commit to getting married and spending the rest of life together, but... We commit to sharing our core values and making sure we find some common ground, making sure that we align in terms of, you know, respect levels and communication and, and just making sure we had a vision, like a vision yeah. which at some way, shape or form, we were going down together because without that, you're just cohabiting people who have sex and what's the point, you know, like there's got to be some, yeah, there's got to be some yeah. alignment there. Yeah, I think... In the modern world, again, I find myself using this, this thing, mm. modern world, but you do need a vision. And we're really, really good at this on a personal and career-based, you know, goal-setting, mm. um, you know, framework. But when yeah. we talk about a relationship, why are we not doing this together? Why are we not looking at our end goal? And I know one we can share with everyone is that we really just want to live on the beach in this house that we've got pictures on and we visualize it and we've got something in common that we're working towards and so we know we want we, we've, we've picked the exact type of dog we want like we've created, yeah. created a vision board for what we want yeah and that's you know without a goal you're kind of blind and you're yeah. not aiming at anything right i think because this whole idea of marriage is kind of old school now like it used to just be well you meet someone and your goal is to get married and have kids well there's so much going on like Fuck, I can't even think about doing that right now. Like, I've just... Oh, my God, I just saw a big spider. Sorry. <laughs> I can't think of, like... You know, we've got to have a goal where you can you can take action towards it every single day. So now that we've made that goal, that vision board, and we know that's what we're working towards, well, okay, we have our own individual goals. We can support each other. But also, this is what we're working on together. Yeah, and knowing ourselves... And sharing ourselves with each other was an important step. Mm. So I know we've got this deck of cards, uh, mm. which we picked up in Hong Kong, and they're your core value cards. And so if you haven't done it, I'd really recommend you know, to, to do this. You basically start with 52 core values and you work out what are your top three core values in life. And knowing what yours are is a big thing, firstly. Well, knowing what your what partner are. Yeah. yeah, and then knowing what the relationship core values are is like really, really important. Yes. And from this, we can start to build a framework of what is most important to us. You know, what is the common ground? What are we not agreeing on? And so on. Yeah, I think 
it, it kind of we won't go down the love language road but it's again knowing if you know what the core value of each other is and you know what the core value of your relationship is then you know how to communicate on that level yeah because like at the start of the relationship it's all gucci goo right like it's, <laughs> it's, it's exciting there's all this like unknown intention and lust lust i don't know if you're gonna bloody, all the time <laughs> i don't know if you're texting back i don't know if you liked it when i did put my hair this way you know, even during sex i don't know if you're liking that or liking this and there was so much tension mm. and so after this kind of you know lustrous phase yeah and, and we, we we talk about as connection increases desire goes down because they're actually input um like it's a non-linear relationship yeah so yeah uh, yeah anyway um we've had to implement things to increase our desire because we know each other so well and we're so connected mm. and so as we've found our connection levels increasing we've really had to use things like this um to find common ground on things we're excited with i yeah, know what's what's a way that we've you so as I think you've made it pretty clear. As connection goes up, as you get to know each other better, as you're more in love, there's no uncertainty because you know exactly. Like I know what you're going to say if I send you my titties. Yeah. I know what you're going to say if I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, like I know that we're going to eat a big meal and I'm going to feel bloated. Like there's no uncertainty, which means that it, desire to do spontaneous things goes down. So things that we've had to implement are like. Yeah, like spontaneity. Definitely, uh, that's one. I think putting a bit of effort into our sexual relationship. So we had a sex meeting yesterday, which was, <laughs> which was interesting. We and we talked about things like what are your fantasies, yeah. what are the you know what are your deepest desires, and so on. Because often when you talk about like fantasy, for example, it's actually bringing up like your deep. Yeah. You know, primal needs that were formed in like your early years in your childhood. Yeah. Um, and like, and like, what do you actually, you know, what turns you on? Like, yeah. what, where, what can we explore together? And having it in the feelings meeting means there's no judgment, there's no, no shame, judgment. there's no. You're literally in a place with your partner, the person you truly respect, and you want to know, like, what you know, what turns them on, how, what makes them feel good. Like, we're kind of going off topic, but essentially, we're saying like you've got to have those you've got to have that time where you can speak about this with no judgment yeah and i think to wrap up this podcast i think that's all we kind of wanted to share at this stage mm. have a feelings meeting it has yes. been a that's game changer for us yes <laughs> i'm scared of mentioning game changer on <laughs> yeah. game changer, all the vegans are good yeah. <laughs> but we went through a few things. So yeah, we let's went. Wrap it up. Yeah, we went through this kind of co-committed versus codependent thing, and how important it is okay. to become a co-committed relationship. And where to start with that was the Conscious Loving book by Gay Hendricks. Yep, boom. Go and listen to maybe a sample from that, and we'd really recommend it. Um, potentially, if you've got some time right after this episode, call your significant other or get them in the room and go and do some scheduling together. Go and schedule some stuff that you really want to do together. Yeah, or listen to this podcast together. Great idea. (laughs) And yeah, I think knowing yourself and knowing your partner, like a great place to start is maybe just talking about what is important for you. You know, what are your core values? Where do you want this relationship to go? Yeah. And third one was just scheduling. So schedule some time in for your feelings meeting or to listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we um, are just trying to share lessons that we 
having in our conversations because we realize these are conversations for relationships in the modern world and we hope you guys got some takeaways from it boom see you later all right peace out